Aloha Maui. Hey, this is uh, Josh Porter here. And, and Jason Verkart in the studio. Yeah, we also got Solar Anthony in here. Aloha. Yeah, welcome to the Solar Coaster. This is a really special episode. We are under uh, hurricane warning still or hurricane watch. I'm not sure, but it's uh, pretty serious out there with uh, Hurricane Lane over the last couple of days. Yeah, that has. we're, we're kind of preempting everything in the show to make sure that everybody stays safe with their energy use at this point. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot to talk about. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of news out there about what's going on with the hurricane. We're going to be focusing in here uh, at the Solar Coaster, uh, episode number 68, on energy, solar systems, solar storage systems. Uh, a lot of questions out there because, you know, there's a lot of new technology. There's a lot of older technology. What do we have to do uh, when a hurricane comes through and when there's some potential outages to our grid? What are some of the steps that we should be taking? So we've actually got a great roster of, of guests calling in uh, to join the show today. It's kind of amazing, actually. It all happened last minute. I guess everyone's focused in on, on Hawaii. Yeah, they're all paying attention. We reached out to our entire roster of, of past contacts and a couple new contacts uh, in the industry, people that either manufacture product or um, engineers from, we had Miko, touched with base with Miko. Everybody just came, stepped right up and yeah. started feeding us information. So we're going to pass that all along to you. Absolutely. So we got some great info. I know Enphase, we got some information from Maui Electric. Uh, in terms of guest speakers, we actually have Catherine Von Berg, CEO of Simplify, which is an amazing battery company. Company. She's going to be calling in. We also have Lynn Tran. She's been on the show in the past from LG Chem. A lot of LG Chem systems deployed out there throughout the islands via Solar Edge presently, uh, Sunrun, Brightbox programs. Yep. Uh, also, Greg Smith from Sonin Battery. Good friend, been on a couple times uh, as well. And then we have something really amazing happening towards the tail end of the show, kind of in our future focus section, kind of someone goofing around with something amazing here in Maui, local fella. Uh, going, let's just say it has to do with a Nissan Leaf in his house. Uh, there you go. Bit of that. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, so we get going and just kind of jump yeah, right into it? Yeah, we got a lot to go, so let's All go. All right, so folks, this is the Solar Coaster. We're Renewable Energy Theme Talk Show right here in lovely Maui County. Fridays at 1.05 p.m. at Studios in Kooi, 11.10 a.m. 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry. We also have a website, solar-coaster.com. That's www.solar-coaster, that's a hyphen, .com. You can listen live right from there if you're not in our geographical area. Uh there you have all our old shows up there on the podcast link and down the bottom you can fill in for our mailing list and or submit questions to the show nice check it out we got great sponsors that have kept the solar coaster running for a year almost uh, almost years maui solar project tabuchi electric america sonin battery pika energy and sundrum solar uh, aforementioned sonin battery will be on the show today thank you sponsors love thank you, you guys. guys thank you <laughs> Podcasts. Oh, podcasts. Yeah, okay. Next thing. Um, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If podcasts are your thing, we're available on all of those services. Just type in Solar Coaster, look for our little SC yellow logo, and you can take us everywhere. All right, do it, do it. So let's jump into our news and events. we got good stuff going on out there. News and events right away. Um, so this is not specifically related to the hurricane yet, um, but smart meter readings um, are a concern out there. These are, these, are oh, meters, is... these are meters that actually monitor specific electrical use. It's not just once a a month the guy comes and reads the number mm -hmm. uh, every 15 minutes they're out there kind of keeping track of when you use electricity how you're using electricity they can tell by looking at that data that you are either in the house or not in the house whether you're sleeping whether what, what basically like what your day cycle looks like sometimes they can even tell like what util what services what utilities and what what appliances you're using so it, it can be a very deep kind of invasive search and so these folks out in uh, Naperville um, they went to court over it mm -hmm. they actually said they they went to court said this is this is a warrantless search and it's an invasion of privacy violation of the fourth amendment of the constitution check this out and it was i mean they filed it originally in 2011 um the meters went ahead and were installed in 2012 anyway even though this court case was was pending the case was actually dismissed in 2015 but appealed in last year in 2017 and the seventh uh, circuit panel finally came down with a ruling um they're saying it is valid. It is a warrantless search, but it's valid because it's not related to law enforcement. It does stuff at 15-minute intervals, and the data is, speci is specifically for providing cheaper power and keeping the grid stable. So there are, there are valid uses for this information. Uh, it's also not available to law enforcement directly. I gotcha. So, so that's, that's kind of the reason why they did 
give a very specific warning, though. However, their decision could change if cities started to collect data at shorter intervals and if the data was more accessible to other parties. Gotcha. So very, very slippery slope. Uh, with, with yeah, I mean, I just find <laughs> it I find it interesting that this is kind of penetrating the, the world of law here. You know, they say the, cast, the, the case is a fascinating decision that leaves open some questions about how to balance smart meter rollout with regard to Fourth Amendment law and precedent. Orrin Kerr, a professor at the University of Southern California Gould School of Law, notes. So, I mean, you know, this is, these, this is the implications of all this new technology being deployed. Yeah, well, that's pretty much everything. I mean, every single website you go now says, says cookies, cookies, warning cookies, we're tracking you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same, essentially the same kind of conversation. So they've given these smart meters a, a, a yellow light. Uh, and I think part of that also is that they're not very well rolled out yet. I mean, there's, well, there's not very many smart meters in existence. I mean, geez, yet. Louise, you guys, we're, we're playing with monitors in our homes like Sense mm-hmm. and Smappy, right, our mm-hmm. favorite things. And these things can detect every little device you use when you use them. I mean, it's almost like it create a picture of how you're walking around your home at a given moment. Yeah, They're exactly. so granular. Yeah. So if that data could somehow find its way out of the smart meters at one point or could be accessible to, I mean, this is really, could be in no, in no uncertain terms, a real invasion of privacy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right? And and so, and that's what the court was warning about: is that if it gets any more detailed, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, well, fascinating stuff. So, what's going on over in the next one, Jay? This is a lithium-ion storage. Lithium-ion storage. This is a really, really cool report. We have GMT Research is a group we've actually followed previously, yep. but they they issue reports about all sorts of different aspects of the energy market. Um, And their new report was how far lithium-ion storage installs could grow in the next few years. And their findings were that it's going to be like 55% every single year from now until 2022. Now that's, that doesn't sound. I mean, it's a significant growth, but it's it's starting from almost nothing and growing to a huge percentage of the uh, the uh, the overall market, um, from two gigawatt hours in 2017 to 18 gigawatt hours in 2022. That's a huge amount. Uh, to put that in perspective, though, um, electric vehicle sales produced um, in 2017 were 112 gigawatt hours. So remembering those cars use 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 a, a lot of power. Yeah. Yeah, what would you, well, remember, it's, what was it? One nuclear power plant is about one gigawatt. One gigawatt. So right. You, so you right. figured that. Well, you know what I liked about this article? They t- they actually projected out the cost of storage per kilowatt hour, right? So yes. that was a neat one because you, I haven't seen one put a figure on that uh, at that stage. And I don't want to steal your thunder here, but I will. So it says they're currently $219 per kilowatt hour in 2017, which yep. is in and of itself a really low number. Because, I mean, a few years that ago, was low, we were right. Exactly, it. exactly. It, was, it would have been five times that. Yeah, and that's just <laughs> this is a straight chemistry, I'm sure, not the insulation and the other technology control equipment. But the bottom line is they're saying that by 2040 will be at $39 per kilowatt hour. Storage. Which is, which is again, like 2040. What? <laughs> yeah, 2040. And that's pretty amazing. When people are saying, hey, what am I going to do when my storage runs out in 10, 15, 20, whenever it is, when my storage It's end a big of concern. Life. When you're buying a well, battery, you're, they, there's a 10-year warranty on it. We're already familiar with these batteries because we have we carry them in our phones and everything. You know, they expire, right? Yep. They, they just get, they have less power and over some, time. And some are better and longevity some, than others. Some, some chemistries have better longevity, but they're all going to need to be replaced over time. And this is the the interesting number is that it's going to drop 82% by 2040. By the time you have to really replace your battery, your home battery, it's going to be a quarter of the cost got it, <laughs> you got pay it. now. All right, so let's go right through Hawaii, get into our, uh, our, our, our news and events, and then let's what's going on in Hawaii, Jay? Uh, we're having a hurricane. Yes, we Did are. You not <laughs> yes, we are. Literally at this moment, we're having a hurricane. <laughs> well, we had a couple of quick articles about Hawaii, right? One okay. is that uh, Kona's making a, taking a stab at putting in a new brewery, and they're going to be solar powered. They're going to catch up with Maui Brewing Company. <laughs> That's exciting, right? Yeah, this is cool. We, I mean, we've we've had Maui Brewing Company on the on the show twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, all about one their, with Garrett, their, the CEO, one, CEO, one with uh, Russell, which the was CFO. More, right, it was more the the reason why they wanted to do this whole renewable energies thing, and then the CFO perspective actually seeing it, it makes monetary right. sense to do it. Uh, but uh, Kona Brew has already um, jumped on the board as well. They partnered with NSYNC Energy. Uh, uh, of course, to, those to, guys are yeah, everywhere. They're everywhere. Um, to, to put out um, about 25% of the total power, power of the brewery. It is a 
solar and battery system. It doesn't seem like right. they're doing any of the thermal management that we really we, kind we of the heard. Sun drum kind of right. stuff. Right. Not, not, that, about. not, that, mm-hmm. not doing that type of stuff. But this is this is still a brewery that isn't even um, constructed yet. It's in process. All oh, right. So they're bringing the beer back to Kona, I guess. Right. Yes. Yes. They had a for them. They had a sign out in front of the brewery for a long time. New brewery in 2018. Now you drive by. Well, good for them. Good for them. Bring solar beer is good. Yeah. The one thing, and this is starting to get into real present day topic. Um, Hawaii's unusual electric power system makes it really vulnerable to Hurricane Lane. Um, This article is all about how we burn um, oil for our electric power here. Um, The entire island chain is dependent on um, large crude oil tankers that come into the come into the island Uh, there are two refineries on Oahu they process the oil into varying chemicals that we need depending on where they go and then they're shipped from Oahu to the other islands that's basically how it works any damage to these refineries would seriously hurt um, our ability to fuel our electric reactors. Not to mention the That's fact the that our our, um, our ports are closed at the moment, right? Would be, so we can't ports ship would be closed. The, the, well, all the, the all the ships land. have basically been steered away from the island, so we're not transporting okay. anything right now. It is ground to a complete halt. Yeah, and the reason but we they pull- have they have reserves. So yeah. it's, it's not like we're going to lose power because we don't have any fuel today. That's right. not happening. Right. But the, and the reason we pulled that out was just because you know this is CNBC. The, the nation's eyes really are upon us. Anytime there's a Category Five hurricane, everyone starts calling in. I'm sure everyone's had their family and friends from all across the world. Calling, are you okay? Are you okay? And thank yep. goodness. But uh, you know, if so far uh, some people are doing okay, of course there's some major issues in Maui right now with the fire out in West Maui, which is really concerning. Yeah. Um, but um, so that's what's happening across uh, across the news and events. We do have a couple of quick updates. Then we're going to go into our commercials. What's going on with? Um, you're going to mention what Miko had to say. Okay. Yep. I just got as of 2:30 p.m. Uh, the official statement from Miko. Maui Electric employees are continuing restoration efforts to bring about 4,100 customers that are offline right now in West Maui. Uh, They're going to be back online shortly. We hope uh, response crews are currently assessing damages uh, to two or three of the transmission lines that are feeding the West Mauis uh, and damaged poles in Lahaina Town. Uh, The remaining transmission line running on steel poles feeding West Maui remains in service with enough capacity to service the area. So if you're offline there, it's it's going to be a local problem, and they'll get to it shortly. Uh, On Molokai, the repair crews were able to restore uh, power to parts of the island. Uh, Crews continue to to work. Um, there's about 1,800 customers offline at this time. Uh, Maui Electric thanks the public for their continued patience as crews work safely to restore power. And that's kind of the issue. I and mean, when, you, when your power goes off, you are stressed. Oh, my God, I want my power back. Um, but know that these guys need to be working out there yep. in this weather, up poles and trees and, and working with high voltages. It's not an easy job. So Absolutely. Have, them, have patience with them. Okay. Um, mahalos to Shana and Greg and yep. Sharon and everybody one, out there that we know. Yeah. One last thing there. Should customers experience outages, uh, encounter down power lines, please report them to the Maui Electric Trouble Line. That is 871 871- Seven 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 seven. That's eight seven one seven 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 seven. Okay, perfect. And then one last bit before we go into our commercials. Uh, Enphase sent out a general letter to. There's probably. 10, 20, 30,000 Enphase systems throughout Hawaii right now. Mm-hmm. So they sent out a letter last night. I got a bunch of calls as a result of that as, as a participant in Maui Solar Project. And basically they're saying how to prepare your solar system for uh, Hurricane Lane. And they're saying it's you know it's certainly advisable to, to actually disconnect your solar system. Uh, and they give a step-by-step on how to go about doing that in that email. You can check in with Enphase if you'd like to learn about how to prepare your solar system for uh, the, uh, the hurricane, basically protect it from grid outages, right? And from surges, I'd rather. Mm-hmm. Protected mm-hmm. from surges. So that's what's going on in our news and events. Uh, we moved a little fast through that. We do have a great roster of guests coming up. We're going to uh, jump right into our commercials. And when we come back, we have Catherine Von Berg, CEO of Simplify, to talk about batteries, their battery systems and how to use it and protect yourself here in Hawaii. Yeah. Aloha and welcome to Maui Solar Project. It is easy to feel rejuvenated just stepping outside on a magnificent Hawaiian day. Maui Solar Project is here to help harness that energy you feel in your body and use it to power your homes and businesses. As Laura tells us, Maui harnessed the sun so as to slow its path across the sky. Join Maui Solar Project as we harness the sun's energy and slow Hawaii's dependence on fossil fuels. Call Maui Solar Project at 269-2352. MauiSolarProject.org. 
Tsubuchi Electric, a leading worldwide inverter manufacturer, presents the second generation of the eco-intelligent battery system, the IBIS. Tsubuchi's grid-friendly system includes a high-efficiency inverter, stackable batteries, and integration with Jelly software for the most adaptable battery storage system on the market. The system is optimized for energy management and cost performance. Maximize your solar investment with Tsubuchi's electric eco-intelligent battery system. The Sonin Battery Eco is an energy storage solution that utilizes intelligent energy management software. The system is available in a variety of storage capacities and allows for expansion. Sonin Battery Eco allows you to save money by harvesting energy from your solar PV system and using that stored energy when rates are more expensive. Sonin Battery Eco is specifically designed to provide you and your family peace of mind in the event of power outage. Our unique power detection system will sense outages in real time and automatically switch over to battery power. See Sonin Battery Eco at sonin-battery.com. MIT-founded Pika Energy, makers of the Pika Energy Island, a smart energy management system that uses solar panels, lithium batteries, and intelligence to manage your energy and keep you powered even during outages. With a clean, intelligent alternative to grid power, you're in control of your energy future. Pika's Energy Island lets you manage electrical costs with HECO-ready self-supply functions. Pika's largest battery, the Harbor Plus, offers 16 kilowatt hours of stored energy and can power loads of up to 10 kilowatts. And if you need more capacity, just add a second or even third Harbor Smart battery to the same system for a maximum of 48 kilowatt hours of usable storage. Pika Energy, own your power. To learn more, visit pika-energy.com. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system combined photovoltaic and thermal holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. Okay, those were our uh, wonderful sponsors. Thank you so much for keeping us on air. Uh, we are really uh, privileged and honored to have uh, Mrs. Catherine Von Berg, the CEO of Simplify, uh, joining us here in the studio today. Catherine, can you hear us okay? Yes, I can. Catherine, welcome to the Solar Coaster. Yeah, thank you. I uh, enjoyed eavesdropping on the earlier part of your show while I was <laughs> online. You have a lot of great facts and figures information for the public i'm going to have to start listening oh great well, appreciate we, we, this, i didn't know about your show <laughs> well uh, yeah we um we definitely do our best to kind of bring what's going on and distill down the kind of big picture of renewables in the world and in hawaii to our listeners here in, in maui county and uh you know that's why you're on uh, on air with us and I, I you know kind of surprised that we haven't gotten around to last and you uh, uh sooner uh simplifies a really important <laughs> company out there and we are familiar with your product we have used it installs on the on my EP side, epc side of the fence maui solar project uh so you know we'd love to just um basically Basically, get a, we're trying to get a good message out to the uh, the people of Maui County that are you know enduring the uh, Hurricane Lane right now. Get a sense for uh, some of your you know the products and kind of who you are and what you do. So maybe we could start out with a little intro, Catherine. Can you tell, tell us about yourself and, and about your company? Sure. Uh, simplified power designs and manufactures efficient, non-toxic uh, energy storage and management systems. Uh, we integrate any power generation source, whether it's generators, wind, solar, uh, in conjunction with the grid, or certainly off-grid. Um, as we all know, without energy storage, renewable sources of power are intermittent and sometimes unreliable. But as we're seeing all over the world, and certainly in Hawaii right now with the hurricane, uh, so too is the grid. In catastrophic situations when the centralized delivery of power breaks down. So storage can certainly build in resiliency uh, and security for people globally, um, especially during catastrophic times, but also in good connected to the grid or off grid. Absolutely, yeah. And so our, what type of, the, the Simplify's uh, uh, product, is it essentially a, a, a modular battery that is used in both commercial and residential, or do you focus on certain areas? So it, it's both and everything in between. Our origins really come from our CTO designing solutions for the film movie industry, and while that sounds very exciting, uh, the film movie industry is very unforgiving when it comes to failure. Our CTO was the special effects uh, coordinator, and he was responsible for power 
on site. So whether that was a shoot in the Amazon or in downtown wow. New York City, reliance on diesel generators, and this is back in the 1990s into early 2000, reliance on diesel generators and very large cumbersome lead-acid batteries, the cost, the logistics, created a lot of uh, challenges. And Stewart decided he really needed to look into creating an alternative for access to power beyond the grid or to optimize diesel generators and to complement mm -hmm. grid power. Uh, so he designed products around the Liberty Pack, both portable and wearable power. He was well ahead of his time oh, wow. in terms of wearable powder, power for hands-free uh, uh, equipment use on movie sets. Ironically, that really became a relevant model uh, when he and I met in 2009-10, and the vision was to start scaling up mm -hmm. uh, from that Liberty Pack line of products. Stuart was one of the first innovators around the lithium cobalt oxide chemistry, mm -hmm. which was the first uh, lithium chemistry introduced. Uh, lithium cobalt oxide uh, was immensely power dense uh, compared to the industry incumbent lead acid. It, it was part of the evolution of downsizing our cell phones, our laptops, all the consumer electronics because of that power density. However, lithium cobalt uh, has a very hazardous uh, property known as thermal runaway. And as you're shunting electrons in and out of the battery, uh, it can uh, heat up. We all experience that firsthand as we charge our phones or mm -hmm. talk on them as we discharge and the heat that is generated. That's cobalt, not, not the lithium. Cobalt is toxic and hazardous, and that's a, a misunderstanding still in the industry today. So Stuart was one of the first innovators around that chemistry, and in 2007-8, when LFP, the lithium iron phosphate, was introduced into the market, a newer innovation in lithium-ion batteries, uh, he began to uh, design around that chemistry, eliminating cobalt. So when we founded this company uh, based on that platform technology around the Liberty Pack mobile plug-and-play products, we only use the lithium ferrophosphate, continue to innovate on that chemistry, increasing energy density. Uh, but LFP, uh, in, in addition to eliminating cobalt and the hazards with that, it also exponentially can increase cycle life, uh, increase our efficiency rate, charge and discharge times, again, without passing on those hazards or danger right. to the right. customer. That's a great explanation. And I, that's really interesting that Stuart, if I, if I remember, it was a part of that early um, kind of implementation of, of oxide and uh, that you've moved over as a company into uh, ferrous phosphate. And there certainly seems to be, you know, certain, certain groups are kind of moving in one direction or another with that, right? Uh, out here, there is, um, there's a lot of opportunity. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not sure if you're aware, Catherine, but uh, recently uh, the governor had signed a bill allowing for all the 60,000 NIM uh, net metering um, solar system holders to be able to integrate uh, battery backup systems without going through ITR or initial technical review with our utility. So exactly how it's going to be implemented and how it's going to pan out, I'm not, I don't think it's really certain, but the bottom line is that the, the notion of being able to integrate batteries to existing uh, grid-tied solar systems that don't have them is really on top of everybody's mind. And when you have a hurricane like this out here, it's really on top of everybody's mind. Yeah. Anthony, Anthony's one of our, our really uh, stellar solar salesmen here. He's worked with a lot of different products. First thing he said when he sat down was, Monday's going to be a busy day, Josh, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so that being said, I mean, do you, um, do you have a lot of systems deployed throughout Hawaii? And do you, um, how can, how can for just for your, your average homeowner that's listening in right now, interested in Simplify, interested in lithium ferrous phosphate, how do they go about getting, uh, getting a hold of a system? So we work with a number of distributors in Hawaii and, and also globally. Uh, so our systems uh, are batteries, mobile plug-and-play systems, and turnkey solutions, whole integrated home solutions that can scale to commercial uh, through distributors. I can name a few if that's... Well, we can, yeah, uh, I mean, you can let, it know, let us know a couple, sure. Sorry? Uh, you could let us know a couple, yeah, if they're, on, if they're off the top of your head, if you have them right there running. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Rolf with R&R. &R oh, yeah, Rolf, sure. Our, early adopters. I love Rolf, and especially because of the vision he had uh, working with us as long ago as five years, maybe even six. 
then Inner Island, yeah. of course, is is working with us. And the the actual deployments that we have throughout Hawaii uh, range from uh, off-grid cacao farm, and it's actually a chocolate factory as well. Nice. And so. <laughs> Solar Plus Storage runs all the operations and machinery for the cacao and the chocolate processing. I love that project. Uh, the schools throughout Hawaii, there was uh, a challenge by the Department of Energy, excuse me, the, the Department the of in the Education initiative. that really wanted to introduce air conditioning yeah. into the schools because of the untenable temperatures uh, for students in the classrooms. The original budget, when it was looked at through a grid-tied uh, perspective, came to about $1.65 billion. <laughs> yeah. And much of that, when uh, some of our partners, including Rolf, and this, uh, installers that we've worked with throughout the islands for years, uh, when they looked at that, they realized that much of that cost came from infrastructure upgrades. I remember that period. Because of the the age of the school buildings yeah. and there was so much infrastructure that needed to be uh, upgraded to accommodate air conditioning so the the solution then became off-grid air conditioning microgrids uh, some combination of off-grid on-grid uh, with solar and the simplified batteries the overall budget looking at it from an off-grid solution was reduced from that 1.65 billion to about 140 million dollars, which is still a tremendous amount of money, but it made it manageable. And the state of Hawaii yeah. uh, put up the initial 10 million, and all of us in the engaged in these projects are still looking for ways to finance and finish out the school program. I remember uh, that period, so Catherine. It was a really interesting period because there were kids that were on the news with these these, te these thermometers and it was like 110 degrees in a classroom and everyone was flipping out and then they uh, came up with this cooling in the schools initiative. So there's, I think there's a lot to talk about uh, with Simplify and about some of your background and about all these different products and projects that you're working on. Um, I'd like to invite you to come on the show in the future and we'll do a whole segment on Simplify maybe in the upcoming weeks if you happen to have the time before SPI. Uh, but we're going to have to sign off now. We've got a couple of more callers coming in, and I just want to say thank you so much for uh, coming in and giving the, the, uh, you know, a brief kind of intro to Simplify. And then if callers do want to, if listeners do want to learn more about Simplify, you can call uh, R&R, or you can call Inner Island, or you can also call Maui Solar Project. We've done a couple of projects with Simplify. I mean, it's a great product. So thanks so much, Catherine. Really appreciate your time today. Yeah, thank you so much. I look forward to listening to your show. <laughs> okay. Aloha. Aloha. All right. There you go. That Next. was uh, Catherine Von Berg from uh, Simplify. We also have an amazing uh, a, a guest speaker here. She's uh, with uh, LG Chem, which is another battery uh, technology. Uh, and this is Mrs. Lynn Tran. She's going to come in and give us a little bit of uh, information about, uh, about her technology. Lynn, can you hear us okay? Loud and clear. How are you doing? Hey, aloha, Lynn. Thanks so much for joining us today. So, uh, you know, we uh, you know what's going on out here with the hurricanes, and there's a lot of solar edge LG products deployed throughout Hawaii, probably in the maybe hundreds or is there a thousand yet? I mean, there's a lot out there, right? So, uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Uh, yeah, um, I'm responsible for LG Chem's first battery in North America, the Resu home battery. Um, since May of last year, when we initially launched, uh, we've shipped. Uh, 16, about 16,000 units. Uh, quite a bit of it is in the Hawaiian Islands. Uh, um, and um, yeah, since then I've been working directly with a lot of installers and our distributors uh, in, in terms of getting the, the product into people's homes. Right, and now LG Chem, you, you, you work with a couple of different inverters, right? Right now, the, primarily it's SolarEdge, is that correct? But you also have a relationship with, L, uh, with uh, SMA forming, I think, yeah? Yeah, we're coming out with our SMA battery. Um, it's available now, actually. And that's going to be our AC-coupled solution. Um, so looking forward to having that um, be available as well. So in, in a sense, I guess the SolarEdge LG relationship is kind of more of like a new build scenario. And the, uh, the, the, the LG SMA relationship could be more of a retrofit kind of scenario. Does it kind of sh shake out that way in a sense? 
that's the way I think of it. Yeah, yeah. So we got a lot. We got sixty thousand NEM holders throughout Hawaii. We got a hurricane bearing down on us. Uh, you know, and then we people are you know right now presumably having the experience of working with their LG systems, uh, and for the first time maybe could be outages and their systems are operating right. Mm -hmm. So uh, I know you and I were talking earlier about maybe finding some kind of message to them. Is there anything you'd like to share with the community out here in terms of your product line and kind of how they're you know living with it at this moment? Uh, well, first of all, um, hope everyone's safe. And, and secondly, thank you for your business. Um, appreciate uh, considering LG Chem for um, what may be your very first home battery. Um, the circumstance right now with the hurricanes and what's going on, the message I would want to send to homeowners is largely around safety. Safety is a really big deal for LG Chem. Mm. And uh, residues are outdoor rated. Um, they can take water and, and, and whatnot. Uh, they can't be submerged and mm -hmm. the visuals that i have in my mind of what's going on over there i feel like is, is more of a submerging scenario that's so the concern the, <laughs> ma the the main the main message for if you do have a residue battery and something is getting ripped off the wall or something uh, the main message is just, is just to stay away from it uh, don't try to interact or uh, be involved mm -hmm. uh, you're going to want that battery there when the storm finishes so that you can have some uh, support uh, w when it's all done. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, you also, um, I noticed with LG, with, uh, with SolarEdge, recently you expanded system sizes. I think it was about double the system capacity from before, because initially you came out with a 7600 SolarEdge inverter, and then one LG 10H, which is basically a 9.8, 9.3 kilowatt hour, I think, usable, right, um, lithium battery bank. And then you've scaled up, and you could stack and do two per uh, inverter. And now you've got a system, if I understand correctly, where you have two 7600 inverters and then up to four LG 10Hs. So is that what's going on? And I guess that, what's, what's your take on that? Uh, yeah, you, correct. Um, the solar edge inverters are stackable. The LG Chem um, Resi batteries are stackable. Uh, the SMA solution that batteries to a single inverter. Oh, and, can you say it? Like we just uh, lost you for a second. We're known for our energy density. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We lost you for a second there. What did you say about the SMA uh, integration? Like up to three resu batteries. Oh, wow. Okay. So we can do three, and that's is, that's uh, upon launch, we're going to be able to have three LG 10Hs to a one SMA? It'll be a single battery at first, and I know SMA is working on uh, the functionalities to use all three ports. So uh, wow. I would check in with SMA about the availability of the three um, batteries, but that is the the launch plan. You know, just for our homeowners out there, from a from an installer's perspective, SMA is a tried and true product line. It's been around forever, right? One of the initial inverters, and um, of course, if it's set up in an AC coupled configuration, meaning that you're you know you're connecting into your like like an end maybe it's an end phase system, for example, uh, and if you can AC couple in from that SMA inverter, then um, that's a pretty um, I would say low, low, lower cost opportunity for a lot of storage to be integrated to an existing net metering system. Mm -hmm. That's an exciting opportunity there because you're talking about a 30, almost 30 kilowatt hours. It's probably about 27 kilowatt hours total for those three LG 10Hs, and uh, and one relatively low cost SMA inverter. That's a that's a pretty you know. A good and it's, opportunity. And it's AC coupled. Although you lose a bit of inefficiency, the install is much much simpler. You're not rewiring everything. Yeah, and if you're talking <laughs> battery backup, you know, the the issue of efficiency is kind of, you're not, I mean, really, first of all, I, when I'm really learning more and more about this AC coupling, the efficiency losses are kind of minuscule. Yeah, and when, then, you, when, when you're talking about that level of power, you're talking about 10 kilowatt hour, too, or 20, 27 kilowatt hours, that's an extreme Well, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, from a battery backup perspective, it's basically just sitting there waiting for you to use it, right? Mm -hmm. So the efficiencies are kind of like, well, it's an outage, I want my power, I want my energy. <laughs> I don't right, care about right. efficiencies right now. Right. But even still, it's such less, a small less, less thing. Important. Um, so very interesting. So you have these two relationships. All right. Well, um, what else can we say here? Do you want to, anything? Yeah. Is there anything last uh, messages here, Lynn, in this kind of little teaser for our audience out there about the uh, about your product line? Anything last you'd like to kind of share with us? Yeah. Sure. Um, kind of message to the homeowners, but I, I think a message to our installers, our installer partners out there. Um, there's a very high demand for the Resu product. Um, which is a very good thing. Um, lack of availability of other battery systems really caused uh, a surge in what we needed to supply the market. 
So we, it is challenging to find a resi at this point in time, um, but I hope our installer partners out there understand that LG Chem uh, is going to come through and have confidence that LG Chem is a long-term a long-term player in the market and uh, a good partner to rely on uh, to continue your business. So um, we responded, increased our production, and uh, we expect to start the year uh, roaring. So <laughs> if anyone ever uh, has any issues trying to find a product, uh, do let me know and I can point you in the right direction. Excellent. Well, then I can't thank you enough for joining us on the Solar Coast today and helping our uh, our listeners out there in Maui County uh, understand better um, about your product line, about what you have coming, and about your ramping up production to meet the uh, the market appetite. So that's that's excellent. We'll have to get you on again in the future. We look forward to seeing you at SPI. Uh, we're going to sign off now and kind of move on to our next little segment. Okay. So thank you so much, Lynn. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Be safe. All right. Take care now. All right, that was Lynn from LG Chem. Uh, really uh, interesting uh, conversation there with all that development of the LG 10Hs. Um, we're going to move over. We had Greg Smith calling in from Sony, but it looks like we have uh, uh, our future focus, our Nissan Leaf, with Michael Leone uh, conversation happening now. So, uh, Michael, do you hear us? Can are, are you there? Yes, I hear you good. How you doing, Michael? Did I get your name right, Michael Angelo Leone? Is that your name? That's my name. All right. That's a good name. Okay. So welcome to the Solar Coaster, Michael. I've kind of heard about you throughout Maui. Uh, and, you know, you, you, thanks so much for jumping on. Uh, we're basically a, you know, a talk show here about renewable energies, and we're on it every Friday. Um, so, Michael, I saw a Facebook post of yours today. It kind of blew my mind. I was really excited about it. Can you tell us, uh, introduce yourself us, and, and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Michael Leone, and I have a small company, Hawaii Architectural, and another company green global communities and and like you i've been involved in the solar market a little bit and off-grid and renewables and um in 2013 i got my first nissan leaf electric car and uh, i immediately got a little um 750 watt inverter from walmart and hooked it up to the 12 volt battery and I was using it when I went out to Hana to run my rototiller and my weed eater when I would work on my property out in Hana. All right. And I would have to go out to the hotel and plug in and charge and have a coffee while my car charged before I could drive back home. Um, now I've got the new Nissan Leaf, the 2018, which has got about a 40 kilowatt hour battery is what I'm told. Mm -hmm. And um, I've stepped it up to a thousand watt inverter now. Oh, wow. I, from what I've done on research with the older Nissan Leaf, that was about the maximum you could pull off the DC-DC converter. Mm -hmm. And so for those that don't know what's going on in a Nissan Leaf, you've got two batteries. You've got your drive battery, which is about 400 volts when it's fully charged. And then you have a small, like, accessory battery, just like in a normal car, that's a small 12-volt battery. And in the car, there's a DC-DC converter that keeps that little battery charged. And it also runs uh, some of the fans and the headlights and the stereo in the car. All the standard 12-volt electronics that come with a vehicle, right? <laughs> exactly. It doesn't run the uh, AC pump. That runs directly off the high-voltage battery. Mm -hmm. But it does run all the other little accessories in the car. And so you have a small amount of buffer coming from the little battery, but then you have a big DC-DC converter with an endless 40-kilowatt battery behind it, um, keeping that little battery charged up. So I started out experimenting with different power tools, and, you know, I can't run a skill saw on it, but I can run the, the less expensive little tiny 2 or 3-amp saws so I can do minor things. I do have a, an electric chainsaw that runs on it, no problem. Uh, a fairly large rototiller and a weed eater that seem to run for hours and hours. Mostly, I get tired. Because, uh, so this is pretty exciting. Yeah, you're you're right on the bleeding edge of what we've, we've been calling the vehicle to home or vehicle to grid kind of conversation. This is kind of the precursor to that it's the vehicle to lawn more lawn, lawn equipment, right? So you've got something really. I mean, you're you're kind of telling the waters here with something that's that, that's a potentially big impact in the future, right, uh, Michael? I mean, really, you're 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 taking a, a power source that's um, uh, that's available to us with uh, you know all these electric vehicles out there, and we're saying to ourselves, wow, there's 
these power sources are floating. These these are batteries on wheels. Mm-hmm. We let we're out of power in a given place. Why can't we back up our home with that? And people are naturally right. asking this question. And these car batteries are large. We were just talking about yeah. the LG. The, the, the largest LG is 27, and yet um, his his Leaf is 40 uh, kilowatt hour. It's, it's, it's and larger than yeah. any any existing home battery system. Well, we were just talking about very the, extreme examples. The, the LG 10H, uh, yeah, and, it's, and it's rolling out to the, to the solar edge. It's four of those 9.8s, right? So it's yep. basically, this leaf is got, is the same He's thing right that. now. So <laughs> that's very exciting. So we, 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 we were talking, so do, what, what are your thoughts here? Do you see people using these for home power in the future? I mean, how far are we, Michael, given what you're seeing? And you your, your head's in the, under the hood. You're playing with this thing right now. How far are we from being able to use these cars to like literally back up our home? reliably i mean is that happening well, do you think when you when you bridge what i'm talking about and and tsunami and and uh hurricane preparedness um you know using this to run your refrigerator things like that but then you take it all the way up to v to g which is vehicle to grid where mm-hmm. you could take every single car and have them always plugged in and a car is parked what 99 percent of the time maybe yeah. A few cars, oh, maybe car. only percent, <laughs> but most of them are just sitting there parked. Yep. And if you had an electric car and a charging station in front of it, you would plug it in. And let's just say um, we had 100,000 cars on Maui, which just would be a drop in the bucket. And we only use 10% of all those batteries. Yeah. So that's like four kilowatt hours per battery. I mean, we're talking megawatts of power available. And... It's, it's not centralized, it's decentralized energy storage. So one car has a problem, the whole grid doesn't be affected. What, what uh, I'm trying to get my head around here is what does it look like? What is the interface between our home, my, you know, my grid tie, well, Jason's grid tied system, I, I, I have, and, I have, and our friend's Nissan Leaf? I mean, what does that interface look yeah. like? Is that a rectifier? Is that I, a, I've, I've, I've had seen pictures of this way back the the Fukushima disaster. Yeah. Um, Nissan and I believe it was Mitsubishi paired up to do something. The they, they actually, wasn't it? Whatever, whatever it was called. Yeah. yeah. It was literally the little dock that you would bring out into an affected area that was just absolutely destroyed, and you would be able to park leaves there and it would export energy to through this device so you would be able to patch it back into a home or at least uh, a large number of power strips and let people charge their cell phones or whatever else that happened to be Um, so those devices did exist Um, you've never been able to get your hands on one of those have you (laughs) (laughs) that's the funny story there because i was on facebook the other day and this guy bought a house Mm -hmm. and it had one of the jump smart bi-directional chargers oh And he was selling it for a couple hundred bucks, so I bought it. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So this is a product that they've been running in Japan already for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And they have this technology. They're just not rolling it out. It's like a snail pace. Um, if you remember when electric cars came out, there was a big problem with the connector. There was a fight over who was going to have the internationally recognized connector, the, which the was standard, the right? Right. <laughs> then we came out, all the cars rolled out, and nobody had a DC port yet. They were still fighting over the second one. Who's going to have the fast charger? And that became the Chatamo. And so on the car, you've got the light-duty level 2 charger that is a small charger built into the car, and that is only one direction. You can only charge. You cannot discharge out of that. Mm-hmm. But on the DC port, You've got pretty much direct access to the battery, but you could also destroy your battery if you don't have the right software and equipment to maintain the proper use of the battery. How fast you charge it, how fast you discharge it has a great effect on the cycle life. And so this little unit has a fast charger with a 23-foot cord. It has a rectifier and a charger in there, and then it's also connected up to the Internet. And so what JumpSmart was doing is they were discharging the cars at peak demand, which was about 5 o'clock when everybody gets home and the grid is suffering. So they were experimenting and seeing what would happen if the cars were to provide energy to the grid. Mm -hmm. And then what would happen if we only charged the cars after 3 3 a.m. in the morning when nobody's using any power? Mm -hmm. That way we have, like, this excess wind power that is shut off all night long, and a lot of people don't know that, but we literally shut off all the wind farms on Maui at night 
technically have no need for the energy and there's no place to put it. Well, if all the cars wanted to charge at 3 a.m. in the morning, then we could leave the wind turbines on and take advantage of more renewable energy. And so this unit, it's not that complicated. I opened it up the other day and I was looking at it, getting ready to wire it up to the house. It's fairly light. I could pick it up myself and move it around the garage. Um, inside there, there's what looks like a home computer of electronics. There's really nothing in there. Wow. I, I'm surprised. There wasn't a jar, giant, heavy rectifier. They're doing everything electronically. Uh, no huge transformer involved. I think the whole thing with the case and everything weighed about 100 pounds, but I bet the electronics were only about 50 pounds. Gotcha. So you could almost uh, have that installed in the cars even. Right. You know? Right. Um, so they wouldn't have to have these expensive devices just sitting out on the side of the road for vandals to mess around with. So what I'm hearing um, from you is just from the, having your head kind of head inside that, 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 that box, that system, that it looks like it's not that complex of a technology and that the, slow, the slowness at which we're getting access to this we keep, is, is really due to a business conversation. Well, I think People it could are, be legislative. I and mean, we talk about that wheeling thing. If you, if you take some power, we're not, not necessarily, you, you could, oh. could be considered wheeling if you oh. transmit literally on wheels. You that's it. <laughs> <Your power. laughs> oh man! From from some, one TMK to another, then you're, you're, it's, it's essentially here, illegal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So wait, wait. Let's just let's just break that down for a minute. So wheeling is the transportation of energy transmission uh, of, transmission yeah. of energy across TMKs, correct? Across property lines, correct. right? And Jay's yep. joke there, Jay's special little energy geek <laughs> oh, joke, geez. was that if we move energy via electric vehicle on wheels yes. to another one from one TMK to another, most most definitely wheeling. Now yes, we're right. wheeling for sure. Um, Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Now yeah. we're wheeling and dealing. Oh, yeah. There's the whole other part of the conversation, too, with certain automobiles are open to this bi-directional um, energy going back and forth. Like the very first Tesla model, the Tesla Sport, the little roadster that came out, that's the only Tesla that you can drain the batteries uh, bi-directionally. The newer ones, the S and stuff like that, you can't uh, decharge the batteries in a, for home usage. I guess they do that because they don't want to compete with their home product. But, you know, it'll be interesting to seeing which car manufacturer are going to promote this. Like, it's going to be on a sticker somewhere. Oh, you can power your home through your car. Um, I'm sure that the automobile manufacturers are going to either adopt this or they're going to just try to dismiss it. So, I mean, it's pretty. Yeah, well, it's the Nissan Leaf because they're the ones who did it on Maui. And, and a lot of people don't recognize what a special place we live. I think we're the only place on the planet that has a program like this where they came in they got grant money, and they gave everybody super uh, rebates to buy electric cars, and then they put free home charging stations, and then they went as far as to install fast charging all over the island to eliminate range anxiety. Uh -huh. And that way they could study all this information and find out how is this all going to work and start working out the problems as they arise. There seems to be a little transition in the JumpSmart Maui product project right now. We had we had Mike Victorino on last was it last week we had Mike, mm -hmm. yep. uh, the uh, primary winner uh, for one, you know for the office of mayor, and he was saying that he thinks that the leadership is changing from Hitachi maybe to another group right now, or there's some opportunities to kind of transition that right. So it'll be really interesting to see uh, kind of where that JumpSmart Maui project is going at the moment. It seems like we could use more chargers out there, and and maybe we could start to move into some. We could always use more chargers. What I'd like to see is, is one of the larger rental companies come up and just say, you know what, we're going to transition our entire fleet because that would give us them enough ballast to really um, get some real data. But also we had a justification for putting out a whole lot more chargers. Right. Right, and not to mention the uh, the electric bus that's being trialed out there right There's now. That as what, well. is, what, is, what does the storage look like? In a, do you know anything about that, Michael? The the the, the electric bus that's being trialed in Maui. It's uh, uh, do you know anything about the storage or the capabilities of of of, of, of that vehicle? Yeah, they're just a giant lithium battery. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Essentially that. It's, uh, Good enough. Absolute pleasure meeting you, Michael. Really do appreciate the call. <laughs> yeah, and so. Um, you know, be careful if anybody's going to be playing around with this stuff. Only play around with the 12-volt battery. Um, make sure you know the positive and negative that you're hooking up to, but it's not much more complicated than hooking up jumper cables. Right. It can be dangerous, but it's not really that complicated, and they sell products off the shelf that are designed 
hook up to your car battery and provide power. I'm going so, to jump right in there and say we at the Solar Coast are definitely not advocating opening up your vehicle and starting yeah. to do anything with it. But it is it is fascinating that fellows like yourself, electricians and innovators are out there really testing this for us to show us what's possible. I mean, do you, do you really expect exciting. warranty service anymore? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely not. Yes, we do not endorse uh, <laughs> voiding your car vehicle's warranty. Okay. So, <laughs> okay, very cool. Well, thanks, Michael. We're going to take you offline now. We'll have to get you on the show in the studio one of these days, learn more about some of your other products and projects and cool things that you're up to. But thanks again for being such a trooper. And uh, when I asked you to jump on the coaster, you did this morning with your Facebook post. So take care, man. Thank you so much. Aloha. 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 All right. Well, we're back in the studio. Uh, just the three of us, finally. Um, <laughs> did want to get Solar Anthony on. He's uh, got significant contacts back on Big Eye, and we did want to get a little bit of information on how things are, if, if everybody's okay. And, yeah, uh, I mean, there's a lot of rain over on the Hilo side, like rain, rain, rain. But, um, you know, over on the Kona side, I mean, I live on catchment, and I talked to my mom early yesterday morning, and she's like, yeah, the catchment tank's still empty. So, um, you know, so it's the Big Island's weird, especially when there's a big storm. It seems that Mauna Kea kind of splits the storm or directs the storm in weird ways. But I know Hilo got slammed. Um, you know, Rainbow Falls was, there was Abesia trees getting sucked in the river, right, you know, right before the fall. That's how massive the um, the water was. But, um, you know, the Big Island's tough. It, it can figure out anything, Earth, earthquakes, hurricanes, volcanoes. And um, from what I understand, everyone's over there is pretty good. My buddy's got a, um, a house up in Hamakua. He said that super rainy, super windy, but, you know, nothing catastrophic. So they did lose power up there. Um, you know, he's on off-grid solar so that he, would, he didn't really notice anything. But, um, you know, that's another benefit of having solar. So... I noticed a message from, or a post rather, from uh, Hank Hank Rogers, the founder of uh, Blue Planet Energy, mm -hmm. uh, that he's set up in. I can never remember how to pronounce the name of his farm. Yeah, Pu'u'u'u'u'u oh, something. Yeah, Pu something. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's a tough <laughs> one. Um, but uh, he was, you know, he's obviously out there in that in that massive renewable energy kind of uh, a lab. You know, it's, and he's he's okay. And he said that most of the uh, the community out there is doing all right too right now. Yeah. So I guess it's primarily centered on the. Um, on the eastern side yeah. of the island, right? Yeah. Where all the troubles are with the rain. Yeah, it was, it's mostly just rain over there, really just bad flooding. Um, but it's anytime there's any kind of storm over there, it's just pretty much bad flooding over there. Just um, part of living over there. It rains a lot over there all the time. So, you, you know, you, if you're going to live Hilo side, you, you have to be used to getting wet because it rains over there. Right. Well, you know, this show has been kind of interesting because we had a, an opportunity to hear from um, Catherine Von uh, Berg, right? And Catherine Von Berg from Simplify uh, mm -hmm. talking about her uh, product line CEO of Simplify a uh, lot of uh, we've actually uh, worked with that product on some projects here in Maui County uh, lithium ferrous phosphate uh, real good longevity uh, and then amazing background there in the movie industry which I didn't know about right uh, also we had a chance to listen to uh, to speak a little bit with Lynn Tran from LG kind of the other type of chemistry right more of a lithium cobalt manganese chemistry the expansion uh, the really really cost competitive nature of that product and that they're ramping up production to be able to meet the uh, demands of the market so more people can have battery storage uh, for events like this and not have to worry about losing their power. Uh, you know, and then we were going to get a call in from Greg. Greg has been on the show before from Sonam Battery. Uh, maybe we'll get him on, uh, you know, at SPI or learn some of the updates from those guys there. But we did hear from Michael Leone, which is kind of like maybe the future of how this stuff could could go down. In the future, you know, energy security could be kind of a just foregone Com conclusion. It comes on four wheels. We got it. <laughs> we got it. We got thousands of... And I could, I could absolutely see that. I mean, the, the home energy market is interesting where these vehicles have huge batteries and they require a lot of power but there's actually this whole secondary market we talked about what do you do with all those vehicle batteries when they expire um, there's a pilot program in uh, England already where they're taking old end-of-life leaf batteries and installing them as, as giving them second life yep. as a home battery because the energy demands aren't as high Hyundai's doing the same thing they got nice. one that came out in June this year right Excellent. so very good a lot of interesting tech out there folks hey uh, this has been a special episode of the solar coaster uh, be safe uh, with hurricane lane uh, out there do take care of everybody exactly and, that uh, if you see something electric that's not functioning well stay away from stay it. away from it that <laughs> seems to be the order of the day uh yeah yeah thanks for coming in solar anthony really appreciate your input man yes no problem aloha maui all right aloha friday folks see you next week stay safe